pray, I pray, Lord, that I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move in a very mighty, powerful way among us this morning, Father, that that you would knock gently on the door of everybody's heart this morning and that each person, I don't care if they've been a Christian in their whole life or they don't, they don't know you this morning, that they would open up the door and allow you to come in and do your mighty work in, in their hearts to heal, to restore, to change, to renew. Father, whatever you want to do in our lives, you know each of us, you know what we need, you know what we need, and you have, you have it to give. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Making room for God. I like that. Um, I like that slide. I wasn't quite sure what that was at first. I thought it was a warehouse. Somebody said, "No, it's apartments." I'm going apartments. As you're looking up, I guess, you know, <laughs> from the ground. Jeez. But it looks busy, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> no matter what, it look, kind of looks busy. And uh, so we're, we're, we're making room for God in all of our, our busyness. I'm going to share with you a scripture th- this morning that is kind of um, obscure. Uh, scripture found in, in, uh, in, in 2 Kings chapter 4. And, uh, and if you don't watch, you can skip over this verse and completely miss the meaning of what God wants to say to you uh, today. And here it is. One day, Elisha, this is verse 8 of chapter 4, one day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So, Whenever he came by, he stopped there to to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him, and then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Interesting, isn't it? I want to celebrate Mother's Day by talking about making room for for God this day. Now, sometimes that's not easy to do. It really isn't because moms, you know your life, you know, especially today in today's society, moms are very, very, very busy. They live very busy lives, constantly on the go, going to work, taking care of kids, going to school, taking care of kids, going shopping, taking care of kids, going to a meeting, taking care of kids, you know, going to visit a friend, relative, maybe business appointment, taking care of kids. Moms are on the go all the time. I know my mother was on the go all the time when she wasn't working, but when she was working, she was still on the go all the time. 
and I had the greatest respect for my mother, greatest respect for my mother. I used to sneak up on her when she was cooking dinner, and I would give her a back rub, not sneak up on her, like, boo, I don't mean that. I would just come up on her, you know, and, and, and massage her shoulders while she was cooking, and she'd be sitting there doing the gravy going, oh, I'll give you 30 minutes to stop. <laughs> you know, I love doing that for my mom because she was a great woman, great woman. There seems to be very little room in our schedule for God these days. And this morning I would suggest that we need to, especially moms, I'm talking to you, we need to make room for God in our lives. That is what I see in this passage of, of Scripture that we're studying today. Now, for some who would read this, this might be an account of, of a man named Elisha, man of God, named Elisha, visiting some home of a stranger in an unknown town known as Shunem. Now, if you look up the Hebrew meaning of Shunem, it means unknown. So if somebody would say, well, where are you from? You'd say, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what Shunem is. You know, great place to call home. <laughs> I don't know where I'm from. Now, is it interesting that God visited someplace that was unknown? There's another sermon, okay? Someone saw this man of God passing by and invites him in. It seems like the concept of inviting people in is kind of a lost art in our society. When I was growing up in our little town in Ohio, a little farming town in Ohio, it was not unusual for people just to drop by. I mean, there wasn't this notion that you had to call ahead or or that you had to plan in your calendar three weeks in advance, you know, that somebody was coming over. People just dropped by, and you invited them in. In fact, I remember hearing stories of my great-grandmother, Maul, who would fix a big chicken dinner, you know, on Sunday afternoon, and, and the whole town seemed to show up, you know. And my, my, my grandmother and my aunt used to say all the time that they never knew who, who was there. I mean, they, they just had a room full of people there eating because they, they knew Maul. And they, they knew that she was a woman who had hospitality. She was known for her hospitality. You just made room at the table for another visitor. You just got another plate. Yeah, come on. Making room. Today, is not, it's not so much like that. I mean, we live in a world that is so stressful and kind of scary, to be honest with you. And, and, and we just want to come home and veg and not talk to anybody. And so, you, so making room for other people is, is lost. I mean... Very few, few people drop in either because of this notion of, well, I've got to respect other people's privacy. And, you know, we have caller ID that identifies the caller so that we can ignore the caller, you know. And we have voicemail that we listen to so that we can know how to respond or if to respond, you know. And I'll confess, I'll confess, i got caller ID too and I've got voicemail and and. And it's such a temptation to come home and just shut the door and close the blinds and, you know, go to sleep or whatever. Chances are, chances are, though, that if we're not hospitable to other people, there's a pretty good chance we're not hospitable to God either. Pretty good chance. Make room for God. That's the message this morning. Allow the Holy Spirit to 
to come into your life, to come right through the front door of your home and to come on in and to pay a visit. You know, I'm, speak, I'm speaking specifically to moms today, but folks, this message is for everybody. It really is. Making room for God at the dawn of each new day. I mean, we, we should all expect renewal every single day. I don't know about you, but I need renewal. I need a new experience with with the Lord, and, and we should make certain that we make room for God in our lives. I said in first service, you know, that, that sometimes our, our Christian life, you know, the big moment is when we came to know the Lord, maybe in 1963 or something, and that was a big day, and of course Satan, you know, the devil at that time was going, oh man, I lost another one to Jesus. But I can just see the devil prowling around. He's going, let's see, you know, what, how, what can I do to make him or her more, you know, like when I'm on my side, you know. So I'm thinking, oh, I'll, I'll, just make, I'll just make that experience that happened in 1963, that one-time experience. And get people away from having this daily relational, this relational moment with the Lord where there's renewal. He makes you forget God. Now, why do we want this? Because because God often operates in new things. He's he's creative. He wants to create new things in your life. I can assure you, folks, that the Lord knows what he's doing in our life because he is the one who created us. He he knows how we're wired, and he also knows about our circumstances and what we need, and he has the very thing to meet those needs. God wants to make a place in your home. He wants you to ask him to come into your life and to make a home. I can remember growing up, it was, it was my mom who let people in the door. It was my grandmother who let people in the door. It was my great-grandmother who let people in the door. It wasn't my dad. It wasn't my grandfather. It wasn't my great-grandfather. It was the women who let people in. There was a story in my, in my family about my, about my grandfather, who was this ferociously, uh, violently angry person. That's where my dad got it from. But, but, but the story goes is that my grandmother invited a sweeper salesman to come into the house and talk to her. Okay? And my grandmother was a sweetheart. I mean, she, just, she loved people, and she was talking to him. I think she ended up buying this sweeper but but my but my grandfather he comes in sees the sweeper salesman there he picks up the sweeper salesman throws him over his shoulder and then tosses him out the front door onto the sidewalk i think the police were called and and the police were called and uh what a hospitable moment that was today today is not you know not so much like, uh, like that. We, we live in a world that is so stressful. We, we really do. But the message that I got sort of subliminally was that it was the women, it was mom, it was grandma, it was ma who invited people in. And I got this message that, that, that the moms were the godly people of the house. That's, that was the message I got. Godly moms make God a priority over the home. If Jesus showed up at your home, what would you do, moms? What do you do? 
I'm going to ask that a question of everybody. What do you do? Because every day he's knocking on the door of your heart, let me tell you. And, and he wants to come in. He, you and I need to meet with God every single day. He needs to have a preeminent place in your life, at the table of your hearts, and in, even in our physical homes. He needs to have that preeminence. He, now, he's not going to force himself upon you. He's not going to knock the door down. You need to invite him in. Moms, make room for God in all of your busyness. God wants to renew your life. He wants to reveal Christ, who is the holy man of, of God, to, to, to you in, in ways that you can't even imagine. This is what we find in our text this morning. I want to look a little closer at that. In verse 10, there at the very bottom there, it says, let's make, let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him, and then he can stay there whenever he wants. Have you ever noticed how much moms want to move furniture around the house? <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, guys, if you're like me, that sofa looks fine just where it's at. You know, it, 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 it does. But, you know, but, but sometimes moms, they, they just love to restore. They love to redecorate. They like to paint a wall. They like to move a table over here and a chair over there and put that lamp here. And, and, and you know why? Because, because they like to spruce up the place to make it more inviting. That's what moms do oftentimes. Not every mom, but most moms. Okay, that, that, is, that is the Shunammite woman in our text today. She sensed the presence of God in, in Elisha. Now, who was Elisha? Well, he was this great man of, of God, and he was, in this passage especially, he was a type of Christ. Now, if you want to go into a really cool study in the Old Testament, you pick out all the characters who were a type of Christ. Fascinating fascinating story or study. But, but Elisha was a type of Christ. What is a type? It is a form of something. It is a kind of something. It's like my son is kind of like me. He has the same nature as, as, as me. And, and so, so Elisha was a type of Christ. And, and that's what God wants us to see in this, in this passage. He was humble. He was modest. He, he genuinely loved and cared for the people that he met. He, he was not the type of person to impose on anybody. He, he made great sacrifices uh, in, in serving God, and he was a very hard-working man. In fact, there's another passage of Scripture where we read about uh, Elisha out in the field plowing with a team of 12 oxen. Now, you can imagine this. I mean, he's just out there plowing the fields. And, and, and Elisha was working really, really hard. Sweat was coming down off his, his brow. And, and, and there was a, a man named Elijah who comes up, and he throws his mantle of anointing onto Elisha while he was still working. Now, Great man of God, great prophet of God, Elijah, comes and blesses Elisha. Now, Elisha could have said, Elijah, could you hold off just a second? I'm plowing. Okay, I'm too busy. 
What you you want? What? What? what uh, five o'clock today? Can we do it then? You know, no. He stops right there and he allows Elijah to bless him. He had time. He was not too busy to have time for what the Lord wanted for him in his life. And the Bible is full of stories of busy men and women. See, you're not the only busy person in the world. There's been lots of busy people in this world who have made time for God. Busy mothers, busy fathers. What I'm trying to say is that some of us need to give some careful consideration this morning to, to stopping what we're doing. Stop what you're doing. And would you make a room, make room for, well, I'll say it again, make a room like this woman did for God. You may find that the Lord is really trying to bless your life in a, in a great way, but you don't have time for him. You don't have enough room in your schedule for him. As I was driving up here today, I was just playing with this, with this, with this idea. And I was thinking, you know, I wonder if God, you know, brought out the projector and the screen and he started playing scenes from our life. And he said, see this right here? See this right here? Uh, that's what I wanted for you. That's what I wanted for you, but you didn't have time to even sit down and listen to my plans for you. See this person right here up on the screen? That's who I wanted you to marry. But you didn't have time to sit down and even listen to, to me to find out. You just made your own decisions. God may have a ton of stuff that he wants for us, a ton of blessings for us, but we never take the time to even sit down with him. We never take the time to invite him into our lives enough to, to know what he wants for us. This next week you may find yourself having one of the busiest weeks that you've ever had in a long time. And, and you know what? All of a sudden in the middle about you that, and suddenly God shows up and, and, and you want to invite him in to your busy schedule. And I, and I would suggest that you do exactly that. That you stop what you're doing and you make room in your schedule for God. This week, put God ahead of everything else that's going on in your life. And you say, well, Chuck, I, I'm sorry, I don't even have time for myself, much less for God. Would you just be like the Shunammite woman? The Shunammite woman's life would never be the same after she literally made a room for God that day. In our text, we find Elisha being used by God to minister to this woman. This woman lived on, on a very well-traveled, very busy road that ran between Carmel and, and Samaria. And the Shunammite woman was probably a very busy lady, a very notable lady. I, I can imagine the, the woman watching Elisha as he's traveling back and forth doing God's business. And every time he would pass by, there was this, uh, this incredible anointing that would, that would overwhelm her. And, and that Shunammite woman may have been very busy, but somehow, somehow in the middle of all that business, God got her attention. Many women 
and mothers want to be considered notable, but, but not all invite God into their life. I would suggest today that the Lord is walking back and forth in front of you as you live. He's walking back and forth in front of where you live. Have you ever sensed God is doing that in your life? I understand that you're very busy with your life, but would you please take time to make room for God? In your, in your lifetime, God will walk many, many times in front of you, waiting for you to invite him in. And every time that God passes by, maybe you sense his presence. He's there, but you're, you're just kind of ignoring him. You know who he is when he passes by in your life. You, you sense the presence of God in your life. God usually does that for people who are hungry for, for more of him. Isn't that interesting? Who watch for him, who expect him. Unfortunately, some folks will purposefully ignore God in their life. The problem is that we may know that he's near, but we don't do anything about it. When we were young and foolish, we may have told ourselves that we will wait until we're older. Well, I'll, I'll just wait until I'm older, maybe in my 30s or 40s, to, to make room for God. And, and then, you know, well, when we're, think about it. When we're young, we, we, we just don't have time for God because we're spending all of our time with our friends and and we're concerned about our social life, and we're concerned about what what others think, you know, and 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 uh, and all. But then we get a little older, and we become too busy with raising our families, when trying to maintain some some sort of 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 life. Making room for God becomes a little bit more difficult with all the extracurricular activities that distract us. It's always something. When we're raising our kids, it's always something. You simply don't have enough time in your schedule to make room for God. Your children become your priority. Your other relationships become your priority. But the Bible says that the Shunammite woman was this prominent, very wealthy, notable, well-to-do woman. And I'm sure that she didn't get that way by sitting around and doing nothing. I doubt that the Shunammite woman had lots of time on her hand, never, hands, but nevertheless, she sensed the presence of God pass by her door. And one day she knew that she had to do something to invite the presence of God to come into her home. Maybe it was the fresh bread. <laughs> Maybe it was that fresh bread. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, she set it in her window so Elisha could see it and smell it. I mean, we need to do whatever it takes to make the presence of God uh, more welcome into our, our lives. Now, now, here's a principle that you can follow. More often than not, God only goes where he is welcome. So the question is, is he welcome in your life? Can he come for a visit? Would you want him to? Would you want him to stay 
Would you want him to take a rest? Would you want to show him all about your life? Would you want to, for him to come and abide in your home? I love the song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We're going to sing that a little bit later. For some people, Elisha may have been just another man walking down the street. Not for this Shunammite woman. The woman sensed that there was something different. This wasn't a typical situation. You know, we need to be looking for the Lord to move in our lives. We need to be longing, longing for his presence to be near us. You feel empty on the inside. You are longing. Maybe you don't even know that you're longing, but you're longing. You need the Lord. Maybe you're dead on the inside. You know, be ready to invite him in because can, can you sense the presence of God coming your way? Do you, do you want God to come your way and visit you? That Shunammite woman did. Nothing mattered to her except that anointing of God, that touch of God. She wanted God to stop and linger in her life. I love what the King James Version says about verse 8. Verse 8, it says that she constrained him to eat bread. <laughs> I, I just think that's funny. What do you do? Grab, grab a hold of a person, you know, open up the mouth, you know, stuff the bread in or what? I mean, what, what does it mean? She constrained him to eat bread. Now, I, I can relate to that some way because I, I really love bread. I love bread, especially fresh baked bread. And I, I'm ashamed to say this, but I've gotten a loaf of bread up here, and I've gone back down to Vancouver, and I've eaten half a loaf on the way down to Vancouver. That is, that is not something I cherish uh, sharing with you, but, but I, I love bread. I, I could pig out on bread. We had a bread factory in Portsmouth, in my, in my hometown in Ohio, and as you pass by the bread, bread factory, you could smell the, the fresh bread baking, and it was the closest thing to heaven Anyway, I mean, it, you think you think you're close to heaven in church? No. <laughs> no, you're close to heaven when you drive by a bread factory, and you're smelling that bread, and you're going, "Oh God, thank you, Jesus." <laughs> Hallelujah! You know, you can smell it for miles. Can you can you imagine the smell of that freshly baked bread waffling in the air as Elijah was passing by? I mean, you can just see Elijah's eyes light up. You can see his nose going up in the air, going, you know, smelling it, you know. Uh, he, he, so he stops. And, and, of course, maybe there's a little butter and jar of honey there, too, you know, to, to get him going. But, but, but Elisha, he had to stop. He had to stop. I mean, the bread was calling him. He felt welcomed there. And we need to make sure that the Lord will feel welcome in our lives when he passes by. Here's the question I want to ask you. What, now listen to this, what aroma are you giving off that would attract the Lord? What aroma are you giving off that would attract the Lord? Is it the aroma of kindness? Is it the aroma 
of love? Is it the aroma of peace, of patience, of faithfulness? You know, I just, I'm, I'm just thinking that if you're giving off that kind of aroma and the Lord is passing by, he's just going, oh, and he can't help but stop by your house. You need to be thinking about what aroma you give off. <clears throat> we need to compel God to stop by. We have to make preparations for the move of God this morning. I, I, I'm looking forward to the next time that the Lord passes by. I, I want him to stop. I want him to, to stay a while. To see, the Shunammite woman, she told her husband, she says, I think this guy's a holy guy. Me perceives that he's a holy man. Listen, when you sense the real presence of God, it won't necessarily be because of somebody up here in the, in the, behind the pulpit, you know, so to speak, or somebody who's necessarily praying over you. You will sense God in your presence. The Shunammite woman knew that this was the real thing. This wasn't just a prophet of God. This was God moving in her life in a powerful way. We need to know. We need to know. We need to have our senses so in tune that we know when the presence of God is nearby. There is none other that we should know and long for other than Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is the holy man of God. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And I don't know about you, but I am here because I am expecting. I am expecting God to show up. I hope you are too. I hope you come to church every Sunday and you are expecting God to show up. What do you do when you're expecting somebody? You clean up the house. You set an extra place at the table. You, you buy some candles maybe to make your house smell inviting. You, you get ready for them, don't you? Jesus wants to come and he wants to visit you this morning. Are you ready? I'm, I'm going to be like that Shunammite woman. I want Jesus to be here all the time. In fact, I, I, I not only want to make room for him, I want to make a room for him. God is going to get all the attention. I, 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 can give him, I can give him all my attention while he is here and moving among his people. Let's make Jesus feel welcome. If no other place than here. Some of us need to take time this week and make a little room for the Lord to visit us. I, I want to go one step further. Not a little room. The woman made a special room. It says, let's make a, a small room on the roof and put, it, put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. I mean, she didn't say, Elisha, uh, uh, here's a couch for you to sleep on. Let's, let's just put down an air mattress on the floor and just have you sleep on that. No, she went way over. She said to her husband, let's build a room for him to stay. And that Shunammite woman knew that her house was empty without the visitation and the presence of God. And likewise, your house is empty 
It is empty without Jesus. So I want to close by saying this. You may be thinking, I'm not sure if I have the room or I have any room right now for God in my life. Listen carefully. God is saying, would you welcome me? Would you welcome me? Would you make room for me? Revelation 3.20 says this. It says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and that person, with that person, and they will eat with, with me. I want to share with you an incredible story. I'll be brief. Dave is a missionary around the world. He goes from place to place in very dangerous places. And um, a group of people asked Dave to, to uh, come to South Africa. And, um, and they asked him, they bid him to come to a place that was illegal for white people to go. Local people in the area were bidding him to come and go into this area and to spread the gospel. However, they told him that because it's forbidden for white, a, a white man, there was a chance that he would be killed. So he calls his wife and he, he says, they're, they're telling me they want me to go into this area to preach the gospel, but they also told me that if I go in, that the white man is forbidden and that I'm going to get killed probably. And I don't want to go. I don't want to die. What do you think? And this woman, this woman, this woman says, well, according to my Bible, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I don't think you have a choice. Go. What an incredible woman that is. So he goes. He gets into his Bronco with a bunch of other people, his entourage. They go through this area. They come to a river and they stop. And the, the entourage who's with him says, this is the area right here. Beyond this river, it's illegal for you to be there. So he takes a deep, deep breath. He crosses the river. They cross the river. They get into this area. They come to a village, and this child, this child in the village comes running out to the car. This child's all excited. He comes up to Dave and says, You came! You came! And he's, Dave's all confused. You know, what do you mean I, I, I can't? He, the child runs back to the village. He came! He came. And so they proceed on. They go to the village, and the whole village comes out to greet him. And they're all going, you came. You came. And they're just hailing him like he's a great man. He thought he was going to be killed, and he's welcomed into this village. And so the, the translator is asking the people, you know, what do you mean he came? It's like you're expecting him to come. Were you expecting him? And they said, oh, yes, we were expecting him. How did you know that he was coming? The glowing man told us that he was coming. The glowing man said you'd be here today. 
at this hour and that you'd be driving a white vehicle of some sort. I mean, he, he had the day, the hour, the white vehicle. And he was able to, at that moment, to preach the gospel to these people because they were receptive to his message. And they, they welcomed him, and he was able to minister to them and lead many of them to Christ. And he prayed for them. And one of the people that he prayed for was this little girl, this little girl who was mangled. She had a mangled body more than, than anything that, that he had ever seen before. And he, he lays hands on her and he prays for her. And you're thinking that I'm going to say, she just went bing and was healed, right? No, nothing happened. He prays for her, nothing happens. He continues to minister, he continues to pray for people, and then he leaves and he goes away. And some 12 or 13 years later, He's in a church service, and he's ministering to people. And after the church service, this girl comes up to him. And she's all smiles, and she says, you don't know who I am, do you? And he goes, no, honey, I don't. And she pulls out this picture, and she said, this is me. And it was that little girl who had the mangled body. Now, I'm telling you, folks, those people were receptive that day to a move of God in their life. And something miraculous happened. I just want to ask you today, will you be ready when God passes by where you live? Will you invite him in? Will you be receptive to a visit by God? Will you make room for God? He wants to do miraculous things in your life, but he can't do those things if you do not invite him in. And I challenge you today, do not harden your hearts today. Invite Jesus. Make a room for him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that today might be the day that people might make room for you in their heart, in their life, that they would invite you in to do your miracles, Father. I pray, Father, for any heart today who is like fallow ground that needs to be broken up, that, that's hardened in some way by life. I pray, Father, that you would break through that, that you would visit us, that you would make yourself known to us, and that you would give us a heart that's soft and tender toward you. You would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a sense of your presence so that we can invite you in. If that's happening to you today, would you invite Jesus to come into your life and to do wonderful things? He's willing and ready to do that. If you would just do that right now. In Jesus' name.